0: Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I'm your coach, Jess, bringing you a magical experience to help you release the weight from your body and soul. As 2022 is winding down, it's supposed to be the most magical time of the year, but sometimes it can feel anything but magical. Extra expenses, extra events, extra stress, extra grief for the people we've lost, extra food and sugar everywhere, extra emotional eating. I can help. This is what I care so much about helping you have the real self-care of designing a life that you don't need to numb out from. So I decided I wanted to feel and share the magic of generosity and make some of my normally paid resources completely free until the end of 2022. My self-care keto holiday guide, normally priced at $19, is completely free. It'll help you design a holiday that you love because it's your holiday too. You don't have to resign yourself to stress, exhaustion, deprivation, discomfort, and shame this holiday season. Go get your free download at bit.ly slash self-care keto holiday. I also usually offer a different mindset class each month priced at $22, but this month it's completely free and it's a class on how to reduce your emotional eating by meeting the real unmet needs you have where food is just playing a substitute. You can get that class at bit.ly meetingmyownneeds my own needs. The links for both are in the show notes. On the podcast, we're doing an emotional eating series, all about how to reduce our emotional eating by addressing our unmet needs and unset boundaries. I'm sharing some previously recorded Instagram lives on this topic, so you might hear some dated references or notice me engaging with someone in the chat. This content is so transformative, and I know you're going to love it, so listen in, and I'll see you on the other side. Good morning, everybody welcome back to the keto fit weight loss coaching for women i'm your coach jess and i help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset good morning jimmy good morning evie thank you guys for being here this morning so again my name is jess and i am a weight loss coach for women and i subscribe to using a low carb keto diet for effective weight loss but i love to approach everything from a self-care mindset because You could really follow any strategy to lose weight there are a million of them out there but i find that most people do not adhere to the strategy because they probably are not approaching it from the right mindset I know I spent so many years um, doing the same exact thing, so I have nothing but compassion um, for so many people still being stuck in that place, but it's something that I've made a mission in my life is to really help women to find food freedom and healing um, around body image and also around emotional eating, which is what I would like to talk about today. So today I'm gonna be talking about what I do when I emotionally eat. And I say that very intentionally when I emotionally eat because I still do. And, you know, I've been on keto for seven years now. I've been a coach for over three years now. And yeah, I still emotionally eat because you know what? There's not a single human on this planet who does not emotionally eat and i know that you know some of you guys also who are with me today you know you've you're on keto and you know maybe uh give me a heart or or a hand raise if you or a wave if you also find yourself you know sometimes emotionally eating so for me now it's a lot more rare than it used to be and i celebrate my progress um it used to be something that i would do every single day now it's very rare i mean maybe once a month. i um, not trying to compare my journey to anybody else's. I'm only comparing my journey to my own. So I'm really proud of the progress that I've made in that area. And I will say that keto completely transformed this area of my life. I really feel like I owe a lot to um, the physiological changes of ketosis that gave me the biological, physiological leg up to be able to Uh, overcome emotional eating. And I don't even want to use the word overcome because it's not like it's never ever part of my life, but that I've made such progress in this area. um, I really don't think that I could have done it without um, my journey surrounding ketosis because it really transforms that um, physiological addiction to sugar. That is real. I mean, there's study after study to prove it, that it is addicting. And so you know, let me separate a little bit emotional eating from food addiction. So I used to struggle with food addiction as well. Legitimately, I was addicted to sugar and carbohydrates. And when I use the word addiction, I mean that I felt so compelled to do it that it was like, I, I felt like I, I couldn't Willpower over it, and that's real. Um, there are there are chemicals. There's hormonal cascades happening in your brain that when you consume a lot of carbohydrates, it gives you that buzz, that dopamine, those endorphins, that everything, and it spikes your blood sugar so much. Then when it goes down, um, your body and your brain and all the chemicals are literally telling you more, 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 more. This doesn't feel good. We need to balance things back out because of that insane dip that you went through. So me using ketosis um for weight loss but also for the mental health benefits and just the overall um yeah i would just say the the mental health benefits in the sense that it really did give me that physiological and metabolic advantage to just be able to feel more control around food that i didn't no, i no longer felt that physical food addiction but i will say that that does not transform your mindset that does not um it it's almost like um when some people need, legitimately need medication to help them because they are so far in pain with depression or anxiety, that the medication gives you that um, biological chemical leg up to then be able to start to do the work to work out the deeper rooted mindset issues in counseling. Um, I have a background in psychology and um, non-clinical counseling. And so I'm in no way, shape or form dissing medication. I've used it at different times in my life. I think that that can be really necessary and a helpful healing tool for people. But I do believe that it should always be used alongside of counseling and therapy and actually taking a look at, okay, what are the thoughts and the lies that I keep, you know, circling back to so that you can deal with those underlying things and change your beliefs. So many of us, when we are trying to change our, beha- our behavior, <clears throat> because we want different results, right? We're unhappy with our results. And so think about it as this onion. And the outside layer is your results. Okay, I'm unhappy with my weight. I'm unhappy that I'm continuing to go to food for emotional soothing. So those are the results that I keep doing over and over again. These are the results that I'm getting in my life. I know it's from the behavior of overeating or... Um, yeah, just overeating and eating emotionally. So that's the behavior. So I'm just going to change the behavior to get different results. And that only works temporarily because underneath that are so many more layers of the onion. There's your thoughts underneath your behaviors. There's your feelings underneath that. And then at the, the core is your beliefs. And beliefs are thoughts that you have thought so many times over and over again that now you believe them to be true. You don't have to believe all of your thoughts. I mean, that in and of itself is just... You know, when you start to really realize that, that's life transforming. So um, all that to say, being on a ketogenic diet, I really feel gave me um, the mental edge and overcoming that biological, physiological addiction to food and carbohydrates gave me the mental edge to then be able to go deeper and actually have the energy to take a look at all my crap and all of the lies that I had been believing for my whole life surrounding food and body image. And it was transformative. But I still do emotionally eat sometimes because I am a human being and I don't actually subscribe to this idea that like I will, I will reach a point someday of nirvana where I will never ever use food again emotionally. I don't think I need to. I just, I think that emotional eating is a spectrum. It's something that literally every person does, but it's a spectrum of how maladaptive that it is to your life. So all that to say, emotional eating is a valid coping mechanism. Otherwise we wouldn't do it over and over and over again right? If it didn't work, we wouldn't do it over and over and over again. So in some way you have to realize, okay, this is, this is serving me. This, this um, pattern or this habit that I have of emotionally eating is there in some way because it is me trying to soothe myself. It is me trying to protect myself. It's me trying to meet a need that I have emotionally, which is to, to be soothed, to be nurtured, to be comforted. And so really that's the deeper need. And I was talking with um, a client a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about emotional eating and she joked around and she was like, man, why couldn't I just have taken up smoking instead? And you know, we had a good laugh about that, but it's funny, but at the same time, it's so sad that we would prefer to have a habit where we are literally poisoning our body with carcinogens that could kill us rather than be overweight. I mean, that, that's real. Have you ever even had a... Th- I know I've had a thought like that. Oh, why couldn't I just be, you know, addicted to some other thing that, you know, doesn't have the byproduct of keeping me in a, in a larger body than what I really want to be? Because that's the one thing that we define ourselves by, sadly. Um, it, and I think more for women than for men, but I know that women, uh, men do struggle with this as well. So yeah, I mean... I would like to, I'll tell you what I said to her. You know, okay, why didn't you take up smoking instead? Well, because you learned as a child how to self-soothe with food because food is what you had access to as a child. Um, You know, if you really needed nurturing from a parent or an authority figure or just whatever, you know, you didn't have available to you emotionally as a child, you realized that you could use food to make yourself feel better and it was easily accessible to you. You didn't have cigarettes as a child. Maybe you did. I don't know. Some people some people have had different childhoods, but you, you made the best of what you could with what you had at the time and that did serve you and you've carried it into your adulthood and you can realize now that this is no longer serving me or the trade-off of this habit is actually more maladaptive to my life than it is serving me. And another thing that I like to point out is I actually recently heard this on a podcast and honestly, it was like, whoa. So, and it was this idea that when when we are craving emotional soothing or nurture, oftentimes because we got this from our mothers or we should have got this from our mothers with secure attachment as a child, we literally from out of the womb equated nurturing from our mother with food literally your mother was your food source and your source of nurture. I mean, think about breastfeeding, it doesn't matter if you were breastfed or bottle fed, but your mother was the source of nurture and soothing. And a lot of times babies will, you know, breastfeed even when they're not hungry just as a source of comfort. And so, I'm a mother. I mean, my daughter's 4 years old now, but it really clicked when I heard that and I was like, "Oh my gosh. Um, no wonder. You know, we literally from the time that we are out of the womb, this is getting wired into our brains that food and nurture are wired together. And so I say all of this, why am I talking about this? I say all of this to reframe and give yourself some compassion for why you emotionally eat. Why do you turn to food? when what you really need is soothing or nurture. And again, we all do it, I do it too. And so I'm gonna give you guys four steps today of what I do still to this day um, when I emotionally eat, which still happens from time to time. I just emotionally ate this past weekend. Hey, Donnie, thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, wow, it it is just, you know, Transformative if you let that sink into your mind and give yourself a little bit of grace and compassion. So, I um, emotionally ate this past Sunday and I had an awareness of what was happening because something happened on Saturday night that made me feel extremely angry. And the whole next day, does anybody do this? I was just ruminating on it, ruminating on it. I couldn't stop thinking about it and I was so angry the whole day. Like, literally on the inside, it felt like I was still fighting with this person who. I wasn't angry at the person. I was angry about their worldview, let's just say. And so I was still like, you know, having these thoughts going through my head, like still as though you're in this fight. And so I was aware that I was angry. Um but I carried it the whole day because I felt like I couldn't really get to the bottom of it. I was like, Does it doesn't make sense that I'm so angry about this and almost like judging myself for even being angry. Like, why can't I let this go? This is not that big of a deal. And so because I wasn't really, I was practicing so much self judgment and didn't actually take the time to process it because I was just trying to get over it. At the end of the day, I was just tired and you know, popped on the TV and I was not hungry at all, knew exactly what I was doing. And I just ate food, you know, I just emotionally ate. And then I felt so horrible about it afterwards. So really, truly, I mean, my inner critic is so strong, I was beating myself up. And I have struggled with emotional eating my whole life. You would think that, you know, I mean, again, with everything I've gone through, you know, I'm a mindset coach. I'm a weight loss coach, you know, but like all the more my inner jerk voice was like, you should be past this by now. You should know better than this. You should, you know, have evolved past this. So I'm going to tell you guys the truth is that the first thing that I do when I emotionally eat is still beat myself up, but that voice is there, but I can quiet it. And so the first thing that I intentionally do is I talk to myself with compassion. So I'm hearing those those mean inner critic thoughts, you know, racing in my head, the judgmental thoughts. And I start to talk back to that. You know, I start to realize, you know, I'm the observer of my thoughts. I am not my thoughts. These thoughts are not true just because I am thinking them. And I start to treat myself with compassion. I remind myself of all the things that I just shared with you guys. Everybody does this from time to time. It is okay Um, it is a valid coping mechanism and it is so much less maladaptive to my life now than it once was. So celebrate my progress. What would I say to a friend? What would I say to one of my clients? And I start to um, talk to myself with compassion. So that's the first step is I treat myself with compassion. The second thing that I do is I try to identify my trigger. So I bust out my journal And I did this on Monday um, because that was Sunday night when I emotionally ate, and I was still upset with myself on Monday morning. So I'm like, okay, enough is enough. Let's, you know, let's move forward here. I bust out my journal and I start to try to figure out identify the emotion. And I already knew that I was angry, but I couldn't figure out why I was angry. So this was actually a pretty difficult one for me. It was pretty deep seated and I didn't really realize it. So I ended up um, doing a brain dump in my journal, but then also I talked to my own coach. Um, I do have a coach. I think that I believe in the power of coaching. That's why I am a coach to other people, but you know what? I can't coach myself. Everybody needs that external person, that that mirror, that really can help them to process it. And you don't have to hire a coach, but you know, have somebody in your life who can give you that. If you're finding like, oh man, I just really can't figure this out. Sometimes there's so much power in talking it out loud with another person. Give me a thumbs up if you are like an external processor where you're just like, yeah, I need that extra person in my life because sometimes I can't figure it out on my own. So I ended up talking with my own coach about this and then I did get to the bottom of it. And for me, it was triggering a feeling that I had predominantly in my childhood of not feeling good enough. And this actually had nothing to do with food. I felt that way a lot as a child, not feeling good enough surrounding food because I struggled with my weight my whole life. And I've always felt very criticized um, because of that. And I and I really had a lot of pain from that in my childhood. But because this had nothing to do with food, what I was upset about from Saturday night, I was having a difficult time putting that together, that it was triggering that same feeling of not feeling good enough. Um, I've done uh, what's called schema therapy. And if you've never done this, it's actually really, really cool, especially if you struggle with disordered eating. And um, maybe you can even find a therapist who specializes in this. So the therapist that I go to, she's trauma-informed, and also um, she's worked with people with disordered eating and eating disorders. And so she uses this um, mode of therapy called schema therapy, S-C-H-E-M-A. And uh, we took a whole assessment and um, basically, the bottom line is that it helps you to identify your schemas. In other words, the different lenses through which you view the world. And you know, there's so many to um, that vary. But realizing that those schemas were um, conditioned or developed in you through your childhood, and now as an adult, that's still the the, the lens through which you see the world. Basically, what happened to you in your life has um you know made you think like okay and it's a survival tool but it's like oh this situation is like that situation so your brain is constantly trying to process and you know help you get through things and so we make together associations and so you unconsciously make these associations of like oh you know this person is a threat to me just like that person was a threat to me and and you become hyper vigilant or um for me one of my schemas is perfectionism so never feeling good enough was a predominant feeling that i had in my childhood and that gets triggered in me all the time that per- another person is not at all trying to put that on me but i see it i i feel literally like they are trying to put that on me like that everyone is trying to say to me you're not good enough you're not good enough and so In working that out with my coach, I was able to go just beyond why am I feeling so angry? I knew that I was angry, I knew that I ate emotionally because of that, but the the underlying reason why I was angry is because that feeling of not feeling good enough was really triggered in me from this conversation that I was having on Saturday night. So I was able to identify the problem. So that's the second thing that I do. So again, the first thing I do is I intentionally talk to myself with compassion. And then the second thing I do is I try to identify my trigger, either by taking up my journal and doing a brain dump. And if I can't get to it on my own, talking to my own coach or another trusted person to try to externally process that. So the third thing is to ask myself what I really needed. So obviously we know that food is just a substitute, right? But it's still a valid coping mechanism. It does provide, you know, temporary relief or temporary soothing or nurturing, and it legitimately does give you, you know, the happy dopamine reward brain chemicals, Um, but it doesn't truly solve the problem, right? Because, um, you know, you still feel cruddy afterwards and now you feel cruddy that you had the original feelings that you were having. And now the self-judgmental thoughts are making you feel more cruddy for, you know, emotionally eating. So, um, So I asked myself what I really needed. And honestly, sometimes you can give this to yourself and sometimes you can't. And what I kind of arrived at, okay, what did I really need? I needed, you know, some type of authority or parental figure to tell me you are good enough. Okay, I can't get that. Right now, um, but I can give that to myself. I can try to access my own inner parent, and now I really am a parent. And I can try to imagine, you know, okay, what would it be like? The same way that I can say it to my daughter, like I love everything about you, exactly as you are. You are good enough. There's nothing you could ever do to make yourself more lovable to me or better to me. You're you're perfect exactly as you are, and that's what I really needed, you know. And so I, I of course, I try to say that to myself. There's always. Um, Going to be a part of you that you know if you didn't get that when you were a child that there's still some grief surrounding that, but it doesn't mean um, you know this idea of parenting yourself or trying to give yourself what you needed. You can't go back in time. You can't actually fill that hole. There will always be grief surrounding it, but that shouldn't stop you from today in this moment trying to give yourself what you need. And the last thing that I do, uh, so number four, is I make a plan for the next time that I feel that way. So there will be a next time, and honestly. Oftentimes, my plan involves still eating, because I. <laughs> do you ever get annoyed when you know somebody says to you like, "Okay, well, what could you have done instead of eating?" <laughs> like, and there's all of these you know Buzzfeed lists out there, like, "Oh, you could take a bubble bath, or you could call a friend, or you could try to take a walk around the block." And like, does anybody else just get super annoyed with those lists? Because when um, when you want to eat, you want to eat, and so honestly, my plan usually is yeah i could try to do all those other things but sometimes you do call a friend and you still feel like that or sometimes you do take a walk around the block or you did take the bath and you still feel that way and there's still that feeling in you of like i just really want to eat to make myself feel better well my plan is that i am going to next time i'm going to eat something that will make me feel better not in the emotional sense it's not going to truly fill that void or fill that you know, pain that you're having, but that when I do want to eat, it will be food that blesses my body. And so this is a way that I've made extreme progress in this area is like, I used to emotionally eat constantly and now it's rare, but also when I emotionally ate years ago, it was just horrible food. Like, I mean, food that just made me feel physically awful afterwards, you know? Um, And today when I emotionally eat, I'm eating extra food that I'm not hungry for, but it is still food that blesses my body. It's still food that has nutritional value. I won't get into exactly what I ate on Sunday, but I will tell you that it was food that was good for me, that was healthy, but I just ate when I wasn't hungry. Um, So I emotionally ate, but at least I didn't feel disgustingly sick afterwards, at least I didn't feel you know, bloated and disgusting, which were all the things that used to compound even more after an emotional eating episode. So, um sometimes food can be self-love. Sometimes food can be self-care. Sometimes food can be be nurturing, but the difference is that you have a little bit more control over it and you're not punishing yourself with the food. You're actually trying to care for yourself with the food by giving yourself food that blesses your body. So I think that's one way that I have made progress and that maybe this helps you to think about it in that way. Like how could I, instead of saying, I'm just not going to eat because let's be realistic. If you say that, okay, the next time I'm angry or the next time this, I'm not going to overeat. That's like almost like denial and you're not actually going to make any progress in that area. But if you could say, okay, the next time that I want to, eat emotionally, I'm going to eat this thing that I still actually think tastes good, and it, but is good for me, has some nutritional value, and blesses my body instead of makes me feel disgusting after I eat it. I think that that's progress. So I want to tell you guys, um, before wrapping up, we're almost at the end here, and um, as I'm telling this story, I know I have some people on with me, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Um, please, you know, type in the feed if you have any questions about emotional eating, and I'd love to, um, you know, discuss with you guys. So, I want to share with you guys a success story from a client that i was working with a couple of months ago and she was brand new to keto and um she was doing really really well losing weight like a champ but then while we were working together, uh, and I believe this is why this is why I build in unlimited text messaging to my program is because most coaches, you know, they'll meet with you weekly, but that's it. Like you, could, you don't have contact with them in between. I have unlimited text messaging built into my plan um, for when you work with me, because I really believe in the power of being there for you constantly to cheer you on and to be there in moments like these. So she was having a really, really hard day. And she said, I just want to eat French fries. And like, I know that it's emotional eating, but I just feel like and I it's been a couple hours now and I just I can't get the french fries out of my mind and for some reason I know this sounds stupid but I really feel like they're going to make me feel better. And, you know, so I'm texting back and forth with her and she um is a mom. And so I say to her, "Okay, what would you say to your child if your child was having a bad day and said, "Mom, I'm just having such a bad day. And I just would really, really like to eat some French fries. Can I just please have some French fries? What would you say to your kid? And I honestly had no idea what what she was going to say, but the point of it is that I was trying to get her to treat herself with love because I knew that she would treat her child with love. So and whatever she was gonna say, she was gonna say. And so she said, I would let my child have the French fries but make sure that he has it with something else that's healthy for him. So I said, okay, well, what would that look like for you? And she said, okay, well, I could have some grilled chicken and I will just have half an order of French fries, Um, but I I won't eat the whole thing, but just enough to give myself, you know, satisfy that craving. And I was like, okay, do it. And you know, we did. We, we were working with you know goals and card manager and fitting her macros and everything. And then she actually realized that eating half the order of French fries was still going to keep her under her carb count for the day. And I was like, okay, go ahead and do it. And then I checked in with her afterwards because you never know. Maybe she was going to feel bad about it. Maybe she wasn't. I asked her, how are you feeling emotionally? She was like, I feel much better. And honestly, I feel really good that I had so much control over that and that I, I treated myself with love through the process. And so this is such a great illustration that mindset is everything. It's not about the actual strategy that you're following that's going to make you feel better. Um, but it's whether you do it with self-love mindset or whether you do it with a self-punishment mindset. And I just love that story. I was like, that is a win. That is a huge win. You treated yourself with compassion. You gave yourself what you still felt like you needed. You treated yourself as you would your child and you got through an emotional eating episode without having to just beat yourself up and literally feel totally crappy afterwards. It didn't turn into a binge. Um, you know, it could have been so much worse. And so she made such progress in the area and I love sharing that story. So, um, progress is not perfection. Let that sink in. Progress is not perfection. So if you struggle with emotional eating, you know, please don't set a standard of perfection. Like, I'm just never going to eat emotionally again. Um, I don't, don't even approach it from like, I want to overcome emotional eating. Just approach it from, I want to get a lot better about treating myself with love when it comes to food, even when I emotionally eat. What could be a more loving way to treat myself? What would be a food that would actually be more loving to my body when I do want to emotionally eat? Progress is not perfection. I still eat emotionally sometimes, but it's rare now and it used to be daily. And I still eat emotionally sometimes, but now it's just extra of food that is delicious and healthy and still has nutritional value and blesses my body. And I look at that as progress and I still eat emotionally sometimes, but now I'm quick to get to the root of the issue. Literally, it, it's never more than the next morning. Um, I, I, make that promise to myself and my commitment to myself that when I emotionally eat, I will take time to sit with myself and bust out my journal or talk to somebody and try to get to the root issue of why I was feeling that way. What did I actually really need? And then coming up with a plan for the next time, as opposed to, you know, in the past, I just used to numb and stay in the dark and then continue to repeat that pattern over and over and over again um, daily. And it really um, controlled my life. I hope you loved this episode. Remember to grab the free holiday guide and the free emotional eating class from the links in the show notes. If you're feeling generous too, and would like to give to me too, you can give me a review of this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also give me a review on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash the It only takes a moment of your time and you have no idea how much it means to me. I'm a words of affirmation, love language person, and I absolutely treasure the words that you leave me. I do. I read them when I'm feeling low and it is pure rocket fuel for me. The reviews also help me to grow and to help more women. Seriously, I have had clients tell me that they just knew that they had to work with me after reading reviews. So it's really an amazing gift to me. You can also give me a referral by telling others about my podcast and about my coaching. And if you want to give more, you can even send me a tip of any amount at paypal.me/theketofit. I also hope that you'll give yourself the gift of investing in yourself and your health journey by working with me as your coach. You can learn more about my coaching services at theketofit.com. I work with clients one-on-one and I help you transform your life in 8 weeks, and I also have a self-coaching online course called The Self-Care Keto Mindset Masterclass. All the info, including my prices are up on my website and you can sign up for a completely free curiosity call. I would love to get to know you better and tell you more about how I could help you. If you're not yet following me on social media, make sure that you do. I am on facebook.com slash the keto instagram.com slash the keto linkedin.com slash I N slash the keto You can get encouragement and tips from me every single day. I also love engaging with you in my direct messages, and if you have a question, advice is always free. I'm cheering for you. I hope you have a fantastic week, and I'll see you next week here on the pod.